1: This is the Queen of Feeling Fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, and I want to welcome you to Blissful Living. Have a wonderful show in store for you as this is um, our second show of the new year. And so, of course, I'd like to start it off with a blast and bring things that you can hear about now that will take you into the future as you travel down your path to bliss. I first want to thank our sponsors, the Health, Healing, and Wellness Company, healthhealingwellness.com. Check them out. They've got some really good specials, particularly with around losing weight or uh, improving your appetite or exercising more with regards to your New Year's resolutions you may have made this year, and just a lot of other fabulous products and services that – Help you to stay healthy, well, fabulous, and fit. The next sponsor I want to thank is the All Day Cable Incorporated Telecommunications Installation Company in Silicon Valley. They are a network distribution company, so if you have issues with your network distribution or telecommunications, or if you're looking to expand and you want to, uh, really uh, get into the newest technology with communications t- telephonically in daily, then you want to check out alldaycableinc.com. That's alldaycableinc.com. Now, I want to step into the show and pique a little bit of your curiosity, especially... um with regards to women and things that are surrounding women issues at this current moment in time, I want to step into something and ask this question um, to all the ladies listening out there with regards to, do you think that anything you want to do is possible? And if you don't think it's possible, are you ready to defy impossible? Let me tell you about our guest her name is Dr. Venus Opal Reese. She is the Black Women Millionaire's mentor. She's an inspirational speaker, black woman millionaire mentor, and creator CEO of Defy Impossible Incorporated. Dr. Venus Opal Reese has been featured in Forbes, Ebony, Black Enterprise on ABC News, CBS News, PBS, in Glamour Magazine. Diversity, Inc., the Associated Press, on the Tom Joyner Morning Show, Mega Feast, and is a regular contributor to Heart and Soul magazine and television. Dr. Venus was a walking statistic. She went from living on the mean streets of Baltimore to Stanford PhD to seven-figure sister. Her business, Defy Impossible Incorporated, has closed $4 million dollars in five years after launching. Her clients have generated over $8 million in revenue using her proven program systems and strategies. Dr. Venus knows what it takes to break through inner glass ceilings that limit performance. She teaches purpose driven, high achieving black women professionals, entrepreneurs how to defy their impossible to break the million dollar mark on their own terms. And at this time I would like to welcome the fabulous Dr. Venus Opal Reese to Bliss Living. How are you?
0: <laughs> Hello, Clena. Fabulous, and Thank you so much for having me on your platform. I am honored, deeply honored to be here.
1: Well, thank you for saying yes. You know how it always goes back to that moment in time when you say yes and all mm. things that you thought were impossible
0: become possible, right? Yes. Absolutely. You said that, girl. <laughs> you said nothing but a word. I mean, you're just it. I totally love it. Yep. It's true. It comes back to the moment of saying yes. You know what I'm saying? So.
1: So tell us, um, the listeners out there, and you know, guys, if you're out there listening to, don't just turn off the show, because there might be a little piece of information in here, and like it's a goal, that you might be able to take away, so when you're dealing with a woman, particularly a, a black woman, or women in general, um, you might know how to be able to... Uh communicate in a better fashion and allow that woman to uh make her dreams become possible so Dr. Venus, tell us now, you say that uh, in your bio there's a the your walking statistic with regards to where you were and where you are now. Can you explain
0: mm-hmm. to the listeners just a little bit more about what you mean by that? Well, that's a great. Thank you for asking that question. It's uh, it's a fair question. So, when I say walking statistic, what I mean is, I was born into a into a, a a cycle of poverty. Um, I was born into a social condition. I was born into um a situation where there was a lot of violence, where there were drugs, police, prostitutes, um. Just street life. You know, say I was born into that world. Um, And because I was born into that world, more often than not, what's predictable is that you would end up on welfare with four or five kids, um, strung out, Telling your love to the night. I'm being delicate today. Um, <laughs> I'm trying, girl. I'm trying. To, I know. I know, you know the struggle. <laughs> I know it is, and, and I'm doing my best because I, you know, I, I ask permission before I be myself on other right. people's platforms, right? But the, right. but also not not you know, and also I would be dead, right? My there's you know, I you know, so I come from a, a situation a series a series of circumstances really that that um we hear about statistically about black girls being pregnant we hear about um babies' mamas and welfare queens, you know what i'm saying <laughs> yes, <laughs> those I are my do. Those are, my, those are my people <laughs> you know what i'm saying um, Right. Wow, I'm serious this is like that's it's not and i and there's no there's no judgment I understand that world. And it was because of my ninth grade math teacher. It was because of, a, a, literally a black woman who saved my life. I was, um, my birth mother had put me out of her home, and things weren't okay, so I never went back. And right. so I started to sin for myself in lots of ways on the streets, and I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't doing too well, okay? Let's put it like that. <laughs> and um, I was a girl, I was a hot mess on so many levels, right? You know, you hear about, it, I don't know, you know, there are some people who are faith-based, and there's this, right. this kind of joke in faith-based communities that, you know, you should thank God for not telling all the dirt that you used to do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because, yeah, you know, That is the whole thing. Right? The survival is survival, and nothing's free on the street. And so right. um, I was I was sleeping outside, eating out of trash cans, just making do, really. And um, I I remember sitting on the corner of Federal Street and Monument Street, and um, saying to God, "Please help me." And and you know and and I went and slept in the alley the night that night because I didn't know where to go. And I went to school because they had food. This was not about education, <laughs> right? That was food there, girl. That was that was breakfast and lunch there, right? Mm-hmm. And th- and mm-hmm. that was re- you know. So I went to school not because. And this sounds. I know this to sound kind of dark for some of you, but it was a functional relationship. It was very very utilitarian. It had nothing to do with ambition or or or, or progress. I was just trying to eat. And it was so, all about survival. What, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it was about. And so I um I went to school but I smelled unkept. I was I was I, I didn't have clean clothes. My okay. shoes, my shoes with my shoes were tattered and I wasn't clean. I didn't have a place to, I I didn't have a place to bathe. I was right. going to the McDonald's to get myself cleaned up, but you know it's it's you know I didn't have something to help me. You know, so it was just a, it was a situation. And so but I knew there was food there. And I and that was more demanding, that was more important to me than anything. And so, I went to so now school and- you, you
1: you you go to school, you you know, you really go in there just to really mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and probably mm-hmm. in the winter time in baltimore probably just stay a little warm inside yep, yep. um this is yep. really truly a means of survival and mm-hmm. and you tell the listeners out there that you, your ninth grade teacher turns it around mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. how what what was the click the moment where you realized that mm, going this going to school thing might just be more than just um, staying warm and, and eating and surviving during the
0: day. It wasn't like that for me, Rochelle. It, it wasn't. It wasn't a click or an aha, and, and I wish mm-hmm. it were because when I'm interviewing, mm-hmm. people ask me that question. You know, we can look back and make notes. You know, but what ha- happened was, Nana, I came to school smelling not good. Nana got me. She put me in her room so people wouldn't say bad things to me anymore. And after school, she got me food. And and she asked me, where did I live? I didn't want to tell her I didn't have a place. I didn't say nothing. And she was mm-hmm. gracious enough to say, what part of town do you live on? So she dropped me off at the side of town. And she said, come back to school tomorrow. I'll have something for you. I came back the next day, and she had a little bag of underwear that was still, Hanes underwear, still wrapped in a the plastic. Uh-huh. There was some soap. There was some deodorant. There was a toothpaste and some toothpaste. Okay, and then I would stay at the school where I'd done her boards and she would feed me. And and, and then she would leave me a book or she'll leave me a college pamphlet. You see know what I'm saying? It wasn't no, I, I did not do the show. So, right. you know, this went on for six months. This went on for a grip. And I started to depend on her food <laughs> because it was, you know, it's free. So that was, I know it sounds so, I know ghetto, Carol, it sounds so bad when I say it out loud, but that's how it went down and, because I could get food from her on, on at an evening, and I had breakfast and lunch for school. That was five meals a week. That I didn't have to worry about nothing but the weekends. Right. So this was this is a good thing to me. So this went on for months, and I didn't talk because I want to. I didn't want to snitch. Where I come from, you get beat down for snitching. And so right. um and so and I wouldn't say anything. But so she said to me, "Look, if you're not going to talk, then write." And she said it in that teacher tone that made me scared, because she sounded like if I didn't do it, she wasn't going to feed me. Now she didn't say that, right? Right. But because I had come from such an extreme background, people's tones communicate to me, and they still mm-hmm. to this to this day, you know. And that's probably why I'm so good at what I do because I feel things. But um, and so I wrote myself, I wrote the words out because I wanted to lose my food, and they came out. It came out as poetry. So, Ms. Francis, she read it, she typed it up, and she went and she sent it to the NAACP Axel competition, and I won. Now, oh, the wow. thing that I know, it's crazy. I don't even know how to explain it. And it was, I think it was second place, but the fact that I won was crazy. But that wasn't the biggest, that wasn't the, I didn't have a context to really understand how special that was, because I had never had nothing like that. So I can't, you know, it's kind of hard to know something if you don't have something to measure it against. But right, this is what right. I did. But this is what I did know, and this is what, and this is where everything changed for me. I didn't understand the te- the, te- the contest, but I knew that something good had happened. And the thought I had was, Miss Francis is a math teacher. How did she find this contest? It's not English. She's not a, right. you know, she's not so, It doesn't make any sense. But then it was like I had what I call my very first new thought, which was she must see me different than how I see me. She, I mean, right. she like, for her to go out of her way to go find a contest, to and then she typed in and she sent it, that was, not, that was extra. You know what I'm saying? That was not right. right. ordinary. And that's what caught my attention. It wasn't regular. It wasn't um, – it wasn't bare minimum, you know what I'm saying? It was something right. that was bigger. It was, it was something I never had, you understand? I never, Rochelle, right. I don't even know how my right. words can explain it, it's like, and that's when I realized that the way that Miss Francis saw me, when Nana saw me is different than how I saw me. If I could see me the way that she saw me, then maybe I could do something with my life. Now, when, I want you to be very clear. You want to know that that was like a that was like a that's like a hairline fraction a hairline fracture in the steel wall of the evidence called against me for myself. Right. As far, mm-hmm. as far as I was concerned, I was a piece of trash. I was nothing. I was the bottle, of the bear, and if, and I would have I would have agreed to you either with it because that's what I was that's what I was told and I believed it. Right. But when she said but- that, that's when I that's when I said, well, maybe there's something different, and it took us years, Rochelle. Years, not even months. It took off years to get me one to learn how to eat with a fork. She got me my first bed. Um, to um, she taught me fill up the application. She had the other teachers sign a petition so I could be declared independent. You see what I'm saying? Like she right. did all of that. It wasn't. It's never me. And people try to make me noble. It wasn't. It was. I was loved. Right, I was, she
1: saw I something loved. like you said. She saw something in you that you didn't, you couldn't see within yourself because right. she wasn't, she wasn't from your environment. Mm-hmm. But um, so you know what I'm saying. Her focus mm-hmm. was on the good, the positive. Your environment was all about survival, and you know yes. you don't see good in people because there's no good in people, right? right? So it's a total different mindset. Now, Miss Francis does all this wonderful things and. But still it was you that had to put the work in to um you know, graduate Which, um, from Stanford with a
0: PhD. I don't hold it like that and I'm not disagreeing with you. I get this a lot. It's mm-hmm. you know, because th- that implies um, the 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 basis, the reason why I resist that is because it implies self actualization. It applies mm. it implies a level of awareness and ambition. You see what I'm right. saying? It implies yes. uh, in a lot of ways, um, know, something noble and like I I want my way out. No, it wasn't like that for me. I went to school because they would feed me. If I did good (laughs) in school I Rochelle, (laughs) this shit is so fucking base. It is not glamorous at all. I know this is not lifetime, y'all. This is not lifetime movie. It is not. It was functional. Nana I went to college because One, Nana insisted, and I didn't want her to be mad at me. But the way I got through college is part of my survival. Is I know how, and I went to the military because I needed the money, Um, Mm -hmm. and you know it helped me. And I love the discipline. I I love our country, but it was functional. Um, Right. But it was it wasn't noble. It wasn't as wonderful. Oh, I love mm -mm, this is functional, and so. I, I went to college and I was taught to, if i didn't want to get in trouble, I learned how to toe the line. you see what i'm saying like right, i yeah. like, so that's what I'm trying to explain it wasn't ambition, it was obedience. Right. If I wanted to continue to be to not have to go do stuff i don't want to do, then right. I make good grades. You know. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it was it
1: was, a, it was a action for every action. There was a, a positive reward, and if you didn't do that action, then in your head it was the negative
0: aspect of where you where you had been. So I totally. It's me, not only negative, me, but, not only, but it's not only the negative aspect. I think that, and you're not wrong. And I, I'm glad we're talking it through because it's going to get me really ready for the tour. Because I, I clearly want mm-hmm. to have to talk about this, because. It, it, it's not... How can I say this? Gonna, let me try. If you've ever... Rochelle, have you ever had to do something that you did not want to do and it made you feel like a piece of crap? Yes. And so great. So if you know that feeling and all you got to do to not feel that way is write a paper. Right. Go to class. Um, yeah. Turn in a project... It's it's a it's a very real threat. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So it has. So I hope that translates.
1: Yes, it does. I I mean, it translates for me with regards to to what you're saying with regards to to it being a threat. It was for you. It was a functional way and kind of a way to also be
0: secure. Right. And to be safe, secure, and to be safe, so, and yeah. to be safe, it's a it's a very um, university setting. I stayed on them for thirteen years. It's you know, it's a very protected space. You know right. what I'm saying? There's, you know, you can. I'm not saying things don't happen on campuses, but it's very different in the streets. Uh-huh. So you have a dorm room. You got a library. You have a cafeteria. It's um, it's 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 an oasis <laughs> compared right. to the thing. So <laughs> my my girl, my life is very functional, and I don't think people really hear that because they want to turn it into this triumph of the spirit. It was never like that for me. And and I and, and no one wants to hear that. Right, no one wants to hear that. No, that's like... I mean
1: that's interesting because you know what? Because most people their story is not like that. You know that, right? You know, most people that have come from circumstances similar to yours or you know, their story is is not a, it's it's not always about just uh being functional and being safe and secure and protected. It's about um not really avoiding the the negative stuff. The so, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a different it's a different take mm-hmm. on how you come in. So that's why sometimes I guess you're saying people don't they don't get it because you come in from a from a high, I want to say a higher level, a different level, a different way of looking at the perspective of what was happening to you and where you are today. I want to mm-hmm. I want to transcend into so that's where you were. That's kind of how you mm-hmm. kind of evolved into this beautiful lotus flower that you are now. But I want to take I want to take the listeners on now beyond school, and how you became this black woman millionaire mentor. How did that come about?
0: Well, that's a whole nother level. Let me see. Well, how do I, elevated, I how okay. <laughs> elevate it, girl? Okay, let's elevate. <laughs> so, um, let me see. Well, the, I got to go back a couple of steps because it won't make any okay. sense if I, if I just talk about the black woman millionaire mentor, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, no, so go let's ahead. go with, let's go with, okay. So let's talk. Okay. So I went to school. I got my PhD from Stanford. I have four degrees. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm how can I say, I, I like ideas, right? So I went to I became a I became a professor and I mixed mediums, um, I have all my degrees are fine art degrees, all right? They're all Mm -hmm. fine art degrees and because they're fine art degrees um I wanted to be a, a performative scholar mixing theory with practice. So I okay. went to the University of Texas at Dallas. I was hired there as a as a professor on a tenure track. And tenure is like the, the corporate ladder for academics. It's a 6-year vetting process and in the 7th year you um in the 7th year you either get permanent work for life or you get booted out. Um and so mm. Yeah, it's it's pretty steep. And so I, while I was coming through the tenure process, they have a bunch of people who don't know you, vet you, and then you have the faculty talk, you know, um, vote on you. They have the provost, the dean, all that kind of stuff. Well, my faculty, my peers, people I ate lunch with, we read each other's papers, we went to conference together. My peers voted against me for tenure. Oh. Yeah. And so the thing was, they know what it means. Because if you don't get tenure, you end up working, you know, as an adjunct or a community college. You don't have, it's just a whole different thing. So, right. And it was an anonymous vote. So I don't know who it was. Mm. And so, and I was the only black person and openly queer person right. in the school. Well, no, in the in the School of Arts and Humanities, right? And so, so now I'm feeling very alienated, right? And I'm feeling very, yes. very, I'm just hurt by it. And I have a reaction. I start, my body starts to shake. I start to cry. I start to, um, I couldn't breathe. It was the same reaction. It was the same physiological response. No, it was the same physiological reaction that I had when Mama put me out of her house. Right. I, it, might as, it might as well have been, you know, I might as well have been 16 again, right? And mm-hmm. it was so strong. It was it was the same body sensations. And so I, I had a, come to Jesus with myself, what I call a street fight, with myself on my own behalf. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about a bare knuckle brawl where you break the beer bottle. You know, you, know, you come for somebody, Ooh. right? Knock down, drag out. It was existential, but it was still, that's what it was like. And the fact was something to the effect of Venus, they don't want you. Stop trying to make people want you. Mama didn't want you. They don't want you. Stop. Just stop it. Right. They don't love you. Mama don't love you. I love you. God loves you. I love you just as messed up, broken down, awful, can't spell, can't, I love you. And so (laughs) let's I'm serious, girl, it was base. It's like, and now let's go find some people who do. And within a week, I had my very first free talk. And it was for a group of white male CEOs who brought in 50 million in revenue or more. And as I listened to them talk, I could hear that they were lying. Have you ever gone to one of those networking events and everybody is faking it, and you yes. can hear it in their tone, and you can see it? It's just, it's just, it's, ugh, it's painful. Yeah. And so I went uh-huh. around the room and I looked at each one of them. And I said to the first one, I said, okay, you're a functional alcoholic. Then I said to the next one, you're having sex with somebody in the office. That's why your team does not respect you. Then I went to the next one and said, you are um, so high-stressed that you're about to have a heart attack. Then I, you're overweight. I just went around the room, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to keep in mind that when you're on the streets, well, let me say it like this. When I, the thing that made the difference that kept me alive is my ability to hear what people are not saying. Right. Because nobody tells, no one tells the truth on the street. It's just not, that's not how it goes, right? So I got very good at <laughs> listening. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I'm sure i tell something make me laugh. But it's true. You know, I got very good at discerning who was for me and against me. I got good at listening really closely to what they need, what they like, what ticks them off. I got really right. good at recognizing who was high on cocaine and who was high on heroin. I can tell you the mm-hmm. difference from the scratch. I can tell you who got drunk on Hennessy and who liked vodka. And I can tell you from mm. the smell, what kind of tequila they got. I mean, this is all the thing. So, you know, if you live inside something, you understand things. So, right. so, when I, so when I was with the CEO, game recognizes game. I can see who's doing stuff because that's how I survived right. and so by the time I finished. Talking to each one of them, I mean, talking to them, um, you know, the asked me what rate was, and I I didn't, I didn't have a rate. I didn't know I needed money for the summer cause my teacher, because I only had a nine month contract, and I really mm-hmm. didn't need I, I needed to needed money in the summer. And so I said how much I needed. Girl, it's so real. And so I said how much I needed for the summer, and then I ran to the back of the room because I was scared they were going to say no. And I would have taken anything they gave me. You understand? Know I would have yeah. taken anything they gave me. I would have said it because I knew I needed that amount. And when I looked around, I looked I turned around, there were I believe twelve men in the room, ten of them were writing me personal checks for that amount. Yes. Yeah, so I made more money in that one day than I made it a whole year as a professor. And that wow. is when I realized, yes, girl, that's when I realized that so there was a difference between self-esteem money and self-worth money, and my self-esteem money was rooted in in, in working, you know, being a professor because that's all I thought I could get. My self-worth money was rooted in the value I naturally bring to life itself and the value I bring to the marketplace. When I prank realized, girl, that, prank <laughs> girl, <laughs> <laughs> they don't want none of this, Rochelle. They're not ready for uh-huh. the truth. And so, and so that's when I realized. That there was a whole new world for me. That if I, if I really, if I took this on, I didn't have to be a teacher. You know I didn't have to be living at the effect of other people's feelings and agendas. I didn't have right. to bow down to white privilege. I didn't have to kiss somebody's ass because they had more resources in, in a department than I did and that right. and that was the best, and that's how I got out. It took me two years to replace my income. you know what i'm saying um yeah. and but then it took me another five to get where we are. so it was a seven year walk but so I became a black to be black woman millionaire mentor. You know, after I failed at you know I failed at business the first two years, that it failed, all kinds of wrong, I didn't know what I was doing, Um, and then I invested in a mentor because of you. It's all your fault. Um, and you know, seriously, you know, you were like, "Girl, come here, you need this." And I said, "Come on now." And so I'm like, "Okay." And so and that's when I started to learn how to do business. I learned how to do sales, and I learned how to do marketing, and how to. You know, do customer service and do service delivery. I learned business; it's a new skill set. And so, and so, what I realized when I first started, I was marketing. First, I was marketing to anybody, whatever right. you want to do, right? So that was my first yeah, cut. yeah. I can and do this. Then, I can uh, do that. Mm-hmm. You need girl, that. I got that too. It, yeah. that, so it was so true. I was all over the place. And then um I got my, I got my, I, I, I got with a mentor. And I, I was I started to market to white women because that's what everybody else was doing. Um, right. So before that, first it was self first it was self improvement. It was personal development because that's what I understood, not to teach it. And then it was um, it was um, it was white women because that's what I that's what I started was doing. And um, right. what I realized was that the people who were paying me high dial high dollar high ticket were the ones who. Um, were black women who ha- who had a good education and a, and a good job. Right. And, and I, I wasn't calling them by their name. At the time, I think I was just saying, you know, heart-centered entrepreneurs because that's what everybody else was saying. You know, <laughs> I, I thought, I, thought I, yeah. I know. I'm such a, I'm such a Oh, advocate. yes. You know, mm-hmm. so like, it must be working because that's what everyone's saying, so I said the same thing. But, um, but when I saw who was paying high ticket to work with me directly, I was like, well, what if I committed to them and just told the truth about who I feel like I could I could do well with, and I and I and I committed. I, I hired a, a a consultant to help me get clear on my messaging, and um and I created the Black Women the We Matter movement for Black women in business. And even then, I wasn't calling myself a Black Women millionaire mentor because I was too scared to say a million dollars. You know, right. and I'm like right. I can't say that I I ain't got no million dollars, so I can't say that. So, and I right. was intimidated. Um, I was just scared that I didn't want to be a fraud and I didn't want to be a scammer and all that. And so, um, and I talked to other millionaire people who were older. They said, "Well, black women will never buy from you." This is the most mm-hmm. ironic thing because it just this just happened with the book thing. It's so right. funny, and it was and it was primarily men. Just so you know, it was men, and there was some of, them, and some of them were black men who said, "No, black people." I know I'm gonna have to deal with that later, but it yeah. was, they they were saying to me that black people are middle class. That you know, being a millionaire is too far off for us. It's too you know, it's too high in the sky, and I it's, it's it. one of those wishes and dreams that you know you, you're yeah. not gonna, they're not gonna achieve yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah absolutely. And that was, mm-hmm. that was the truth of it. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so, um, it was just real. And so, and because they said that I was scared and all right. And, and, and all right. And so I, um, and so I, I backed down off of it and I went for, I said, um, um, secrets for sisters, you know, six figure figures secrets for, sisters. Right. for a whole, right. for a whole year. Because yes. I was too scared. I, I was too scared. You know, I was just so uh, how do you, so how do you, how do you let the how do you let this fear go and just step you know, into the role. That's a good one. I talked to another mentor. I, I believe in investing in myself, Rochelle. I hire people. You know, um, I was talking to this wonderful woman with. Um, she was on Lisa Nichols's campus, and her uh-huh. name was Jennifer Kim. Okay. Um, and she said we were talking about my ambitions and what I wanted to do. She said you should just claim it. You should stop. You know. She said you, you can. You know. She just, she encouraged me to claim it. And what I decided to do. This is where this is where I got my courage from. So anyone who's listening, ladies, check this out. I was too afraid to call the shot. So what I did was I went not <laughs> <laughs> I went and interviewed people who already had the money. So I created this thing called Black Women Millionaires Virtual Salon. It was my version of a oh, mm-hmm. I remember. And, yeah. And, it was, and that's what I did. And so I was like, oh, shit. And after I did these interviews with Black Women Millionaires, Black Women Millionaires in the making, sisters who, were, who could have been millionaires, but they kept undermining their success. And the more I talked to them, the more I interviewed, the more I put my attention on it, it's like, V, this is not hard. And I changed everything. So I started to, so I created a Black Woman Millionaire's Luxury Experience. I created the Black Woman Millionaire's Blueprint. And within right. that year, that was that was the year I broke my first million.
1: Okay. So 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 now you're just like, so you you kind of it's <clears throat> as you've been traveling down your path to bliss, it's kind of been this um, absorption of information and energy from all various parts, not necessarily having in your mind where you were going with it. It was just happening, and it came into the realization of you now with all this experience over the, you know, I want to say your life, basically, mm-hmm. has come mm-hmm. to this culmination. And I want to say culmination because that's, that's not the right word, but come to this mm-hmm. fruition of you being this black woman million millionaire's mentor. I want to go into um, the book because you've okay. written a book, Um, with regards to this and, you know, Mm -hmm. taking the listeners on this journey with you from where you were to, you know, how, how you just kind of evolved into this, you know, this beautiful being that you are representing black women and, and helping us to, um, elevate our game, basically, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. get in the stratospheres, right? And so mm-hmm. talk, tell us a little bit about this book, because I know you guys have to listen. Check this out. You know, of all what you heard Dr. Venus talk about, she wrote this wonderful book from this experience and the successes that she's seen and she's experiencing mm-hmm. and having herself and herself and sharing with other people, and she was rejected by 30 Mm -hmm. publishers. Let's step Mm -hmm. in right there and take it from
0: there. It was deep. And it wasn't just publishers. It was top publishing houses in New York City. I had a top literary agent that is known for closing six- and seven-figure book deals. So I thought I was set. I have a PhD from Stanford. I have um, a track record for actually being a multiple, making multiple millions. I have a reach. My direct reach is over 100000 Um, But I can get to at least 3 million black women with with a few of my colleagues. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like you're dealing with somebody who is just coming out fresh. I have a platform, right? And I have a significant tribe that's ride da. die. So, right. you know, and, and forgive my arrogance. I thought this was going to be like, hey, you know she is. So, girl, let me help you understand. I don't understand. You're like, I got this. This is just money in the bank. I really do think I did. I don't know if I was slipping about it, but I thought that I had done enough, that I had proven myself enough, that I had enough under my belt to garner a consideration. And when my agent sent me the list of the 30 top publishing houses... In New York City, saying no, i was oh. like, what the hell have I been doing with my life? You know, because if you think about it, as Black women, and I would even say for as women in general, we're we're socially rewarded for our, our accomplishments. You know, if like you know, smart and go getter and all that. Does it right. not me in that one bit? And when I asked my 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 agent at the time, you know, what what why? And this is the thing: there were some of the people who even said that the marketing plan was beef mode. So I'm like, what the hell? And this is what right. she said to me: she said that the, the 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 reoccurring the re reoccurring reason was that there's no market for black women who will buy this book. There's no market for black women who want to be millionaires. We can do a career guide. You understand? Know right. I mean, right. but seriously, we can do um, we can do resume building. We can talk about how to make you know you know workplace work life balance. But millionaires? Right. Gee, black women? What? No no market. Now here's right. the thing to their credit. If you go look, there isn't any books out there for that. So they're not wrong. You understand? Know so they're not they're not wrong. They're just short-sighted. And the thing that's right. the irony, this is the irony of it all, is that black people, let me just say it like this, according to Milton, by 2020, 2020 black people in North America will have a spending power of $1.4 trillion, of which 60% of that money is controlled by black women. We are the wow. most educated group in North America. We are starting a business at six times the national average. I'm like, how, the, how could you not know this? Well, right. the, this is the thing of it. You don't know what you're not looking for. Ah. And um, there, no, you, you don't see what you're not looking for. I had a friend of mine, business exactly. partner. She and I were, I was, I was so hurt by it. I was too embarrassed to tell anybody, Rochelle, for six months. Because I found out in June, I, didn't do, I didn't start talking about it until like November. You know, um, it was May. That's when I found out. I ain't say nothing until, like November, right? And you know, I talked mm-hmm. to my tribe about it because I was so ashamed. I, everybody knew I had got the agent, and you know, I had been bragging right. about it. You know, and now I got to tell them that I. They told me that I my shit's not good enough. Because that's how right. it felt. It felt, like they didn't, it felt like they It felt like felt like it felt like they felt like they didn't want me. And so, and I know that's not true, but that's how it felt. And so right. I talked to one of my white friends who read it, and she said, I could see why they got offended, they got insulted, and they got their pennies in a bunch because your book is not written for them. It's mm. not even pretending to be written for them. It is right. directly speaking directly to your tribe. And if they don't, and the thing is, it wasn't, I'm not writing it, I did not write the book as a, general women's book, so it has broad appeal. I didn't do that. I wrote a single black woman, on purpose, first person singular, just like you and I are talking right now, Rochelle. Mm -hmm. And I wrote it with the full knowledge of it being a black woman aesthetic. Right? That doesn't Uh mean that people cannot get value from the book if they're not a black woman. Of course, you can. The concepts are timeless, they're universal. But the thing that I was trying to do, which is what my life's work is. Is being authentically myself in book form, because that's what I model for my clients. You can be yourself and be a millionaire. You don't have to be Kim right. Kardashian. You don't have to look like Holly Berry. I sure don't. You don't have to be as eloquent as Angelina You know, Dr. Maya Angelou. And you don't have to be as you know you altruistic as Oprah. I'm straight right. up regular black girl. They, you know, <laughs> black girl matters. Right. So you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm completely imperfect. I'm so many. I'm so. I'm so wrong on so many ways, right? But my heart <laughs> is pure. You know, really, right. death, you know, ghetto street all over me, right? But there's no. I'm okay right. with that. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think we need them all. We need someone with your level of grace and and and. Gorgeousness, and he needs somebody like me around who's just going to, you know, be a potty mouth and tell you to stop, stop being a punk ass. I think you need mm-hmm. both. You know what I'm saying? I think you need. Yeah. I think that's. I think God puts us there for a reason. I don't think it's one way. And so when when I realized that they were saying that there wasn't a market, and she was talking to me about it because I wasn't pretending to be inclusive. I think right. that there's. I think there's universality in the individual. That is the reason why we love Oprah. That's the reason why we love President Obama. It's because his story was our story. You know what I'm saying? Right, so, exactly. So
1: something you can relate to, even though it may not yes. have been exactly like that. Yeah. Struggles and internal struggles It's something yes. that you can relate to. It's not, it's not yes. something that, as a people of black, black people of African descent or, you know, however right. we want to call ourselves these days, it's not something that, if you're not from us, if you're not... If you haven't had the experiences we have, you have no idea what it's like to be us and the different things we have to do and the struggles. Our struggles are way different on top of the struggles we inherited from from the other societies and community and races. So I totally, I totally agree with you, and I like Mm -hmm. how you said that you put the book. the, The book is directly written for your tribe, but. Anybody mm-hmm. can benefit from the knowledge that's, that's right. in the book, right? Cause Absolutely. If you got games, It doesn't matter how the game is packaged. You
0: recognize it right away. <laughs> exactly. You will. Right. And, that's, and, and so, that's the point. You know. That's the thing. And that's the thing that. And the thing that I it, it was it was fascinating to me to have a whole industry say no. I think I yeah. wouldn't have it wouldn't have hit so hard with one or two, but to have an industry be in cahoots with what the market won't do is, you know, it it, it, it was one of those moments where the gatekeepers it became very apparent to me why of our own, and so right. when I brought it to my tribe and they said you should self publish and we got you, and I will tell you Rochelle. I self-published and they got me, and I want you to know so my size book is diverse. So the where's the book, book. I'm coming out? It comes out on the 24th <laughs> of January. attached to it. Woohoo. It's called The Black Woman Millionaire, a revolutionary act that defies impossible. And it really does deep dive into the the, the cultural consciousness of the historical wounds of being sold. And how that impacts Black women's relationship to money, and so it's it, and how we play it out. So it's it's a it's a mixture of self help, business, b- business development, and memoir, because I put some of the stories in that came from my life into it to illustrate. But um, it's it's and it has worksheets in it. I, I brought some of my intellectual property that has made me. A, a black woman millionaire and put it in right. the book could get, get started. And we'll dig dive on that, those that, that work when we get together or when the 10, the 10 stops for the tour. So talk about the tour now, okay? So,
1: you guys, the book is coming out January 24th, and we'll tell you more about how you can get the book. But she also Mm -hmm. is going on a tour, and this is something you really, really want to hear about. So
0: tell us about the tour. (laughs) Thank you, Rochelle. I I will, darn it. Um, (laughs) Well, the thing is, one of the things that I really wanted with this was, um, like I said before, my life is not my own. You know, a black woman saved my life. Okay, a regular old high school teacher, right? And the thing that Nana did was that she she loved me through my bruises. She she I didn't have to earn it with her. I didn't have to pay for it with her. I didn't have to prove it with her. And I say most black women don't know what it's still like to have a champion, someone who will stand for you until you, and, and show you the way, right? And so right. what we're doing with the tour is we're deep diving, one, into my Blue Black World Millionaire blueprint, so you understand the business, give you, some, give you some strategies from there. But we're also going to do some healing circles, because I think that there's something that happens when we can heal together. So there, yes, there'll be the book signing. Yes, we're going to do some networking. Yes, I'm going to I'm going to deep dive into some business development strategies and tips and techniques about how to get on a proven path to something get success. That's what I do, you know. But we're also going to I'll, I'll probably if, if we have time, I'll do at least one love seat. Where I'll do the same thing to you that I did with the people, with the, with the white men, CEOs, um, and really right. listen deeply for what it is that you're not saying, and how we can package that so you can turn it into your million dollar money maker. So, well, we'll it'll be it'll be a full, robust four hours of us being together, communing, connecting, connecting deeply, and networking. But it also, my intention is to actually have a heal. You know, it's. Mm. it's I think mm-hmm. that we don't get to have that. I think that a lot of times we do things alone. You know, yes. and and if you're an entrepreneur, it can be way lonely. I know for me, I work from home, and I'm like, one are the people. You know, right. so it's so <laughs> the tour is it's, it's a healing tour, it's a teaching tour, it's a connecting tour, but more than anything, it's about us loving each other, loving on each other, such that we can fulfill our destinies.
1: So now, what cities are the tours taking place in, or how could people get information yeah. about? Yeah, um, the yeah,
0: Because the way you want to go to wwwtheblackwomanmillionairecom dot dot com forward slash tour, and that it has all the details. We're hitting a lot of major cities, some smaller cities, but it's um we're, it's 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 a ten city tour, and I I would love for you to come. And like I said earlier, but it's worth repeating. Everybody's welcome. This is, not a, this is not a race thing. This is a power thing. And I'm very much, I, I say that the greatest equalizer on the planet is money, having your own, so that you don't have to wait on him or get permission from them. When you have your right. own money, you can write the check. You can call the shot. You can walk mm-hmm. away. And I'm real sure. about that. That matters to me. That matters to me immensely. You know, just imagine what the world would look like if every black woman you know or every woman you know was free of any kind of financial constraint, that she could fund her right. own dreams. No, no no, venture, no no angel investor, no small business loan, no certified minority-owned business with her own money, with her own cash. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's what we teach people. We, we have a cash-based model. You know, so... So that, that's that's what I think. <laughs> wonderful. Well, I am so
1: glad that you came and shared some time with us on Blissful Living with regards to just all the wonderful essence that you've put out there for not only black women, but for just women in general. Women are very strong, and black women are exuberantly Strong um, and so to have a mentor like you out there showing those who don't even know it's possible mm. that it is possible and help helping them to make their what they thought was just a dream become a reality is is just absolutely beautiful it's a beautiful thing and it's a it's definitely a movement. I love the title of the book because when you said it i don't I don't mean it like Put it in a context of a mindset. But for me, it just automatically took me to, because I guess it's the revolutionary act part, took me to um, the Black Panthers and just rising mm. up to be strong in the community and represent and help and grow and, you know, and just, just make this one, start with one woman and it just. Transcends throughout the the whole entire earth with um you know black women and women of color and, and all women in general it's just it's just a really beautiful vision that I have mm. and you know I, I see things in vision in my head so mm. uh, but anyways mm-hmm. I want to thank you Dr Venus for again taking time to be a guest on Blissful Living and again mm-hmm. listeners Dr Venus you did not mention about where they could pick up the book.
0: Well, I'm sorry. The book, oh, the, the book is on www.theblackwomanmillionaire.com. dot com. So okay. one is the one is the w, the blackwomanmillionaire. dot com is the book. The dot com forward slash tour is the tour. So okay. you know you can check both of them out. Okay, yes,
1: please. So, um, again, thank you to all of you Blissful Living listeners. It's been a pleasure to have Dr. Venus opal on the show with us today. Um, I want to thank our sponsors, the Health, Healing, and Wellness Company, as well as All Day Cable Incorporated. And I really, really want to thank you guys for taking time to spend a little bit of time with us and just engage in the way that we like to do things here on Blissful Living to help you all as you travel down your path to Bliss. Achieve what you want to achieve and be who you want to be while you're being healthy, well, and feeling absolutely fabulous. This is the <laughs> Queen of Feeling Fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. And until next oh, Michelle, time. I got to
0: say one more thing. Yes, I got to yes, say one more thing. Yes, yes. Please. Please. I want to say thank you. No, thank you so much for allowing me to be on your platform, for letting me be myself. And I want to oh. say thank you for But It's important, you know, y'all should, like, I don't know if your people really understand how important you are. Like, you are an extraordinary woman. You have inspired me to want to be a millionaire. You were the person who stood for me. You were the sister who stood for me, investing in myself. And I just want you to know that I appreciate you. I would not have the life I have now if you had not been in it. So I bear witness to who you are for me and to who you are for your listeners to all the people you help, to all the people you heal, and just being such a true friend to me. You've just been a great human being in my life, and I, I bear witness and I thank you. And I know, I know you do this, I know this is who you, who you are, but, it, <laughs> but it's important that, that you be acknowledged for who you are for all of us. So thank you for your radio show and thank you for who you are. Oh, thank you so very much. Oh, my gosh, for those kind
1: words. I feel like crying, but I'm trying to keep it together. But thank you so much because it's just, I don't know, it's just, like you said, it's just me. I don't see it as me doing anything. I just see Mm -hmm. it as me being me, you know, and that's just Mm -hmm. what I do. So thank you. Okay, listeners, thank you all. Thank you, Dr. Venus opal Reeves. Go to her site, pick up the book, and check out the tour, and really get to um, learn a little bit more and engage and, in, and indulge in her world, because it is a fantastic world. Once you get in there, you're going to be hooked. This is Rochelle Marie Lawson, Queen of Feelings Apples, wishing you all peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your
0: spirit. You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com. Or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you. And, of course, you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of Blissful Living. Thanks for joining us.